Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Welcome, everybody's looking great today. And we wanna welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is January 16th, 6 a.m. No, it's actually 3 p.m. Jerusalem time. And we are starting week three. We're at the beginning of week three of the unveiling, which is our special three weeks of prayer that we're doing at the beginning of this calendar year. And week three focuses on the end time call of the watchman. And this hour is actually a second hour of the journey. The first hour was this last hour that we had that was with David Slyker, a very important but very, in some ways, difficult message to receive because it isn't, wasn't all happy and, and amazing. It was about how to deal with the coming persecution and what that actually means. Very w- well worth listening to. But this second hour, in this second hour, my dear wife, Susan, is going to take us through the end time <clears throat> call of the watchman, which the watchmen have three focuses to the call. One is the individual call, the second is the corporate call, and the third is the end time call. And she is going to refresh. For those that don't know, you're going to be hearing it for the first time, but most of us have heard this message to a degree. And but Susan is going to remind us of the importance of the end time call. Let me bless you, Susan, and then we will open up in prayer and we will go into, we have a worship song before we start. So, Father, I just bless my wife in the name of the Lord. I'm just so thankful for my wife of 37 years, and and it just keeps getting better. It keeps getting better because we keep pressing in to you, Lord, and we that becomes a part of it, it invades our marriage and who we are. And but I just thank you, Lord, that Susan is more focused than ever on you. And, and won't relent. She is a true watchman who will give you no rest day or night until she sees your glory established across the earth. And we just declare that the best days of your life and your ministry, Susan, are ahead of you and not behind you. We just, we are seeing God's favor over you, but we are just saying that favor is increasing in these days. And not only is God's favor increasing over you, but his wisdom is increasing, that he is we, as we've prayed over so many people, but it's just so pertinent that Ephesians 1, that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you might know him better, and that you would have renewed strength, <clears throat> that your voice would be would not only hold out, but improve during this hour, and that also that we just declare that no weapon formed against you will prosper, and that the Lord would hide you in the shelter of his wings, that no harm would come to you, no destruction near your tent. And that applies to me also as your husband who takes incoming from time to time. And and we just declare that's true over our children, our daughters-in-law, our grandchildren, our provision. And uh, we just declare over you, Susan, no sickness, no accidents, no injuries. And we just declare that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And we are just saying that's absolutely true of you. And may you have... Uh, joy and peace in believing, and may you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. I have to say that I want to thank you, Fred, for putting up with me all these years. <laughs> You're no, hardly. It goes the other way. <laughs> what? Yes. No, it goes the other way, actually. I would <laughs> never be, I would be out there in the ozone somewhere if it wasn't for you keeping me on track. So that's really good. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> Anyways, so play the worship song. Let's have the world-renowned Vic and Diane open us up in prayer. Father, we thank you for Fred and Sue and for all they bring to the Global Watch and to all the other networks that they're involved in. And we thank you, Lord, for keeping Sue safe in her Korean trip and keeping Fred alive during that time. Thank you that he didn't starve to death or run out of clean shirts. <laughs> And thank you. Lord. It was close. It was close. It was close. I guess it might be. Lord, we just bless Sue. We thank you for her. And we pray that you would release through her all that you have for us in this session today. In Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 All right. Here we go. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. It's so good to be back. <laughs> I apologize for my voice. Please bear with me. I'll do the best I can. <clears throat> I may have to. <clears throat> Every now and then, it was an amazing journey to Korea, but they were very long days, 17 to 18 hour days, a few breaks in there. I felt like very convicted of our laziness in the Western world, <laughs> but it was, I believe, a very productive time. And so I'm here, we're here today to talk about the third, the third, third characteristic of the watchman, which is the end time call of the watchman. And I have to say that my perspective on the end times has really been encouraged and enlightened over the years that we've been doing the watch. And it's even taken on a new avenue expression recently. And I want to talk about that today more than anything. What I see a shift in the emphasis of the timeline, the end time timeline, which we can all deliberate over, and there are many different opinions on it, and I'm not sure I can express them all. I'm not the expert in that. But from a spiritual standpoint, I feel like there is a challenge now to us as watchmen. We have some foundation of the end times, and certainly all of us are alert to the fact that we are indefinitely in the birth pangs and they're getting stronger and shorter. And my perspective right now today is to talk about how do we stand in days of diversity, the character challenges that we will be facing in the days ahead. Because all of you, I don't want to see any of you want, any of you knocked off the wall because of something coming in to hit you from behind or in front of you or beside you. And how can we prepare ourselves and actually, the Bible describes how we can prepare ourselves. And it's very simple. Matthew 17, 11 talks about the spirit of Elijah must come first to restore all things. And then Malachi 4, 5, and 6 talks about Elijah coming. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and children to the fathers, lest he strikes the earth with a curse. So there's this name, Elijah, that keeps cropping up for that the hour that we are in. And what does that mean to us? And so I started looking at the story of Elijah, and it's a little bit of an enigma to me, because Elijah comes out of nowhere in 1 Kings 17. 
most of the people introduced, either kings or prophets before that, they're the son of our, there's a little bit of a lineage of a family lineage there, but Elijah is not. He comes in as Elijah the Tishbite. And Tishbe is in Jordan. It's a city in Jordan. I believe it's an, a farming area. And the first words out of Elijah's mouth is to a king. Now, that doesn't work very well, in my opinion. In our usual walk with the Lord, people earn their right to go to the king to speak a word. <laughs> and Elijah just pops on the screen and speaks this word <laughs> to a <our> king. <laughs> so <clears throat> my point is that there's history behind this that pushes Elijah out front. And I believe it's the word of the Lord. And he comes out of nowhere. And how does that apply today? I'm telling you, each one, look at my eyes. God's calling you out of nowhere into somewhere, into his position, into his purpose. Our challenge is to hear the word of the Lord and speak it out. That's the commission I believe that God is taking us today into the end time call of the watchman. Now, we need to work on how do we declare the word of the Lord, and we'll be working on that. And there's a team of prophetic people here that we are working with. Many of you know them. We're going to be going to Israel with them and doing a summit with them. They're people I trust, but they may not be the most well-known people. None of us are. <clears throat> but I believe it's an Elijah company that God is calling together for such a time as this. And we need to get our heads out of the platform into the purpose of God. This is a serious hour, and I'm going to challenge us on a few different levels at the end here to <clears throat> go beyond our comfort zone in reaching out and connecting with not only the, our governmental officials, but also the younger generation. It's the time for the Elijah and Elisha companies. Now, yesterday was Sunday here in our time zone, and we had the opportunity to speak to some young adults. And I spoke to them like I'm talking to you now, very honestly. And I told them, look, at, times are going to get tough. I, we're not, I'm not coming here with sweet-sounding words. I'm coming here with an exhortation to wake up to the hour that we're in. And you know what? They were quiet and they listened. And I gave out some of my books and they were all there in line to get the books and they want more conversation. So my exhortation to all of us is to start talking to our families, our children, the children's children, young adults all around us, get them involved with the watch, get them involved with what God is saying to the church in this hour. And the second area is our government, where we need to be more involved with our government and seeing our government. So <clears throat> I'll say a little bit more about that in just a minute, but I believe that we are in a real shift for the spirit of Elijah is rising amongst us. And I believe all of you carry that. You wouldn't be on this line 
if it wasn't so. And what does that mean for us today? <clears throat> I'd like to just open up and hear your thoughts. What does the spirit of Elijah is coming first to restore all things? What does that mean to you guys? Just a few short comments, no, no lectures. What does it mean to you? So what Jesus said. You can go ahead and you can go ahead and raise your hand electronically. That'd probably be the best way to do that. So we're gonna do the next five to ten minutes on that. Yeah, just I want to hear what their thoughts are. Okay. And it's not threatening. It's just what does it mean? It's try I'm just trying to provoke our hearts. <laughs> okay, so give the question again. What does the spirit of Elijah mean to you? Okay. Blair, go ahead. So from Matthew 17:11, Jesus says, Does Elijah already come? Okay, and that was John the Baptist. And the message was clear. It was crystal clear. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's the message I believe needs to go forth because in this country, we know people do not fear God. I mentioned it to pastor just after the sermon yesterday. And he mentions the awe of God. Yep. But if you don't fear God, you're not going to be saved. That applied to Jesus, too, because the fear of God happened when he prayed three times. Top of his ministry, people have been healed from the dead. And he prays, God, Father, take this cup from me. Amen. But not my will, thy will be done. And that's the message. Amen. Thank you, Blair. We want really brief comments here. Okay, yeah, go you. ahead. Go ahead, Margaret. For me, it means be bold. Get out there and just... Let the Holy Spirit lead you and speak us all and speak wherever the Lord leads us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Johannes. Yeah, when Elijah was living, the people of God were involved in a lot of idolatry with Baal and so forth. And they at the same time worshipped Yahweh. But there was a great mixture. And Elijah stood up and spoke the truth in a very radical way, even with signs and wonders. And he turned the whole people to their God again. Amen. 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 Thank you, Johannes. Molly. To me, Elijah is a man of faith who knew his God and knew the authority and the power of God and did not hesitate to demonstrate who his God was. Mm -hmm. And Amen. to me, Amen. that is the call and the challenge for us as people that we carry that authority, we carry that mantle. Jesus has given it to us and he has given it to us and we are to demonstrate the God of Elijah to the world. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Molly. Denise. Yes, I just posted a YouTube to Global Watch from James Alliteron. He did a, he's done an incredible teaching in several places on the spirit of Jezebel versus the spirit of Elijah. Uh -huh. And something that it really awakened me to was that as we know that the spirit of Elijah was, is about boldness. And what Blair even said is that Elijah, we need to look at the very end of Elijah's mantle having to be given away. And it's a warning and a instruction to us to be careful not to hesitate, to not shrink back. So I just share that with you so that we can look at the whole counsel about Elijah 
and allow that to instruct us as we walk in that spirit. Yeah, and then the not shrinking back is just many things that are so important, but that is so very important. Thank you, Denise. Yuta. You're, we're not hearing you, Yuta. It doesn't look like you're muted, but we can't hear you for some reason. Still can't hear you. Why don't you, why don't you just put it, put it in the chat? Yeah, thank you. All right, Virginia. For me, the spirit of Elijah means fundamentally the healing of the generations. And that really only comes by the body, the ecclesia, the community growing up in different places. And here in Israel and parts of Israel, not at Kehilata Carmel, they were like totally different worlds, the youth in one world. It's like a series of small communities that almost never communicate with each other. So the emphasis is on the healing of the generations to understanding the time that we are in <clears throat> and for the just restoration or catching the vision of the body of Christ, of the body of Christ, which is a whole thing. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So good. Thank you. It's one of the things, her points for the season going forward is for us to have that intergenerational focus. And what I see coming into the kingdom, and at least in our area, possibly in the Western world, is a younger generation that's coming in from broken homes. They're coming in from out of the drug scenes. They're disenfranchised. Many of them don't have a clue what their identity is. They're, they have been fatherless. And so they're searching for the mothers and the fathers. And I've been awestruck, at least at our church, at the willingness for the next generation to come around as they want us. And that never happened in my generation. We were the rebellious 60s, 70s, you want to call it, the Beatles generation, where there was just so much rebellion. And none of our parents were right. And the, pro the produce from that is now coming out of the streets. And I think that's a huge place of repentance that I haven't heard a lot of repentance over yet. And we could maybe spend a session on that in the future of repenting for our generational sins. But the beauty of it is God is making beauty out of ashes and calling them now into a fresh hunger and a fresh rigor for the Lord that I've not witnessed yet. And so God is watching over his word to perform it. We are in that Elijah time where there is this healing of the nations that's coming in through the generations. So <clears throat> that is a big part of what I wanted to say today is be looking for this intergenerational community and develop that. And we need to have them on the wall, learning the things that we're learning so that when they face the troubles that they're going to be going into, they have a community of believers to run to and know who to go to. And again, Elijah appears on the scene, and yet he's able to speak to Ahab. I can't quite figure that out, except to the fact that he must have earned a reputation of knowing the word of the Lord and speaking it out in the right times, in the appropriate ways, and earn that respect that he could go right to Ahab when he appears on the scene. 
And I also want to say about the spirit of Elijah that it takes the prophetic to a whole new level in the Bible. We hear little prophetic words from NPR and a few others along the way, but Elijah brings the prophetic into a whole new realm of exposure. Let's put it that way. And I believe that God is raising up a new prophetic movement in this hour. And that's partly why we will be doing this Spirit of Elijah Summit at Mount Carmel. And I'm in faith for this. We feel the weight of it. Those of us who are, are planning on going and those who are working on the ins and outs and developing the foundations for this summit, we feel the heavenly weight of it. And it's not, it, it, we're not trying to elevate ourselves. We're better than you or anything like that. But we're he, he feeling a commission from God that he is wanting to lose this sense of drawing people into a new, fresh release of the prophetic that knows how to operate within a church confine and yet knows how to wor work with government and draw people to the Lord. So I, there's a fresh wind of the prophetic underfoot, and it's drawing the young adults into it, and it's acting in a mature way. It's not, I don't want to sound accusatory at all. It's not superficial. <laughs> and God is training people who have eyes to see and ears to hear, who will come alongside and begin to promote that. And I, I commission all of you on this line today as part of that community that God is raising up in this hour to promote and propel his word forward into the nations. And yet build that community across the nation so that when the trumpet sounds, we can hear the trumpet and rally to it. Yeah, so, Susan, let me just let me just jump in and say that, and I mentioned this earlier, but it might have been before we started the, the recording, is that the young people are very sensitive to what's real and what's not. And they're, they're just not likely at all to listen to hype or listen to somebody that's saying something but it's not real. They want real. They want the truth. They want the presence of God. They're hungry and they're broken in many ways, but, but know that there's something greater. And so the part of the brokenness of so many of them coming from difficult family situations, especially means that they're, they are actually looking for spiritual fathers and mothers. That's one thing that they're looking for, but the spiritual fathers and mothers, we have a responsibility to be real with them and to really be following the Lord because they'll listen to us to a point, but they are like everyone else. You listen to somebody to a point, but then you look at their life and you, you follow what you see them doing in their lives. And it's honestly, when we were speaking with them yesterday, I felt the fear of the Lord come over me, that there is a responsibility that we have, that they're hungry, but we need to feed them the truth. We need to feed them love and we need to feed them the truth just wanted to mention that yeah amen to that <clears throat> and a lot of you know that recently a few weeks ago i woke up on a sunday morning and i heard these words get ready for the unveiling i'll be sending out more of a detailed revelation of what that means hopefully in the next few days but it's a two-part message on get ready and a lot of that i just spoke about get ready the spirit of elijah is moving and for the unveiling, and what does that mean? 
And I just want to say one thing, that that word is going further and further, deeper and deeper of what that unveiling means. And it will mean something different for each one of us. But I be, believe it's part of the preparation for the prophetic in each one of us. And I would probably even be so bold as to say there may be things unveiled on an international level that we will need to have discernment and understanding of in the days ahead. I don't know where all that is going, but I do want us to be prepared. And I want us to be prepared in a mature way, not in a, in a way that causes people to run in fear and get all hyped up over something. But get ready. And what is God unveiling? And I want to just spend a moment on that. They, there's an unveiling, I believe, on for all of us. And I say this very tenderly that we're going to have some unveiling of strongholds within each one of us. We all have it, believe me. But when God unveils it, we're going to be taken out of our comfort zone into the discomfort zone <laughs> because he's going to call us to lean completely on him. And I'll be honest with you, <laughs> as I realized that Fred had to stay here to be with the church, and I had to go to Korea alone. I didn't want to go. It had my knees knocking. When I went the first time, the Lord said, you're going into the head of the dragon. <laughs> I found out that I actually was there. <laughs> I mean, my peace my didn't leave. I, I went through that just fine. But the second time around, the war <laughs> erupted. And I thought, oh, dear God. You're sending me into that. I don't have my partner with me. <laughs> and I don't know who to trust here. And I, oh, dear God. And I had only one thing to trust, and that was the Lord. <clears throat> and it exposed some of my own insecurities. And yet, and this was the this is where he's taking us all. If that situation comes up to you, take it. And trust in the Lord. I got the privilege to speak for an hour during all this thing. And it was right in the middle of a three-day water fast. No food except water. And I was fine. It was a, a glorious. It was an amazing experience. But I got to, up to speak and I was faint. I thought I was going to lose it. And I said, God, you are going to have to take me through this. I can't faint in front of all these people. But he did, and uh, I listened to what I said. I can't even remember what I said, all of it, but it was one of the strongest messages I've ever given. <laughs> so the Lord brings you through this stuff, but he will unveil your insecurities. He will unveil the things that he has a father's heart over in you. And I'm asking all of you to please press into that because he's preparing us for what is to come. Does that make sense? Yeah, so what you're doing is you're part of what you're doing, so is you're calling us to repentance of the things yeah. that we need to what we need to repent of. This is individual now, this is the end time call. But part of preparing for the end time call is to get ready in our own hearts 
and to repent of the things that we know that are not uh, off track, that, that are off track and that are not right. And yeah. it could be sin issues. It could also be that that he's calling us to focus like never before. Yeah. And he's calling us to really be careful of our time. How are we, how are, and I'm very aware of that these days. How are we spending our time? And are we doing, are we spending time doing things that are needless or may get us off focus for where he wants us.